Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essay speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. We would also like to inform you of an upcoming Sexaholics Anonymous Internet Marathon. Around the World in 24 Hours will take place starting at noon Universal Time on November 29th and will end promptly at noon Universal Time on November the 30th. It's free to register online at www.sim.sexaholicsanonymous.eu. Thank you very much, and without further ado, welcome to The Daily Reprieve. All right, everybody, I'm Brian. I'm a sexaholic. And um, this is the important, the, the, the title of this um, shindig is uh, The Importance of Sponsorship. <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not much of a competitive guy. <laughs> and I, I say that in jest because Dave H. was sitting here and I got, I got a text from my wife that our next door neighbor is cutting his grass and... Uh, <clears throat> and I'm in, I'm in like super competitive. He doesn't know this, but we're in a com- we're in competition. Who has the nicest lawn? And so so she so she texted me, said, "Hey, Vic's out cutting his grass." And uh, and to her, it's like this joke, like, oh, "Hey, isn't that funny?" And to me, it's like life or death. And I'm thinking, <laughs> no, this guy doesn't realize what he's doing. And so I was sharing it with Dave that you know, hey man, this is uh, this is what's going on. So I'm, I'm wired. So so with that being said, you got. You got Dave H in the other room. You got Marty Q in the other room. And then you got me. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, this will be fun. So, um, so with that, I'm just I'm going to share my story, and then uh, and then with that, I'll I'll um, I'll, I'll share. Um, hopefully, it'll it'll cover how to sponsor and how to be sponsored, um, and kind of how and how and what that might look like. Um, and if there's anything that I don't cover that you guys might have questions about, um, or if you guys have any experience, strength, and hope, or anything that you guys want to cover that you guys feel like I'm not, obviously we have enough room. Just jump in. Um, and so, uh, I actually my sobriety date is March 1st, uh, 2004, and uh, <clears throat> and let's see. I didn't, as, as they say, I didn't get here on a winning streak. Um, I got, I, I actually, I stopped masturbating on March first, two thousand and four, not to become spiritually enlightened, but I had a, I had a therapist appointment that day, and I'd, I'd been to a number of different therapists, and, uh, and, but this one specific therapist was because, well, essentially, I was going so I could stop masturbating. That was the, that, that was the focus of the, of the therapy, <clears throat> and so I noticed that I kept on masturbating before. And after going to this therapist appointment, then I remembered I kept on feeling like crap every time I'd go and I'd leave. And so it was on March 1st, I had an appointment with her. I was sitting there, it was like, I had an appointment like at 10 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, and it was like 8.30. And I had my computer and porn all over the, you know, all over the, the, the living room floor and all this. You know, I had my, had my palace set up and... Uh, and I just remember the just on, on March first. I just I was just it hit me. I was like, well, if if I'm going, if I'm paying this this woman money to stop masturbating, why, why don't I just not masturbate just this day? You know, just this one day since this is the point of going to this thing. I just won't do it that day. So I was like, okay. So I didn't do it that day. And so I went, and uh, I, I don't even remember what happened during that therapist appointment. It wasn't anything earth-shattering. I just remember I'm just not going to masturbate that day. <clears throat> and then that was March 1st of 2004, and that's my sobriety definition. Um, and then I remember talking to her about SA. Actually, we didn't even talk about SA because we just we started talking about masturbation and stuff, and stuff. And that's actually how I <laughs> how I approach things. In the in the therapy, it was just like yeah, I masturbated, and stuff, and uh, and 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 she and we just kind of kind of gingerly, I gingerly talked about it, um, because I thought well you know I don't want to disrespect I don't want to you know make her feel uncomfortable, and talk about you know like like uh, explicit stuff. So we, you know, so we talked about how you know my family's kind of messed up and my my dynamic with my with my then wife is messed up. 
<clears throat> and so, but then I, I mentioned, I made the mistake of mentioning that I masturbate and I still have pornography at the house and could that have any effect on my relationship with my wife? <clears throat> and she said, well, it might, have, it might have an effect on it. So we talked about it a little bit. And so then she said, here's a, she gave me the, the, the meeting list. Um, and she had the 6.30 morning meeting um, uh, uh, circled. <clears throat> and, I, I've been, I, and I've shared this before with some of you guys who have been in the meetings that I've been in. Um, and I, I've, I've had therapists show me the meeting list before. Um, and my, my, my gut reaction was most of the time was, you know, good for them. I'm glad they have some place they need to go. Or they've got, they've got, they've got a place to go. I'm okay I just masturbate in this one way, and I'll get to my my forms of acting out in a second. But <clears throat> so so she said, well, here, just try it, you know, and go go to three or four meetings and see how see how it works. And I said, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll go, I'll go. And so uh, so I, I made a point to go to the six three meeting, um, and uh, it took me two no, it took me a month to get to a meeting. And I remember, and I remember saying, "Yeah, I'm going to go to a meeting." And I remember going back to the therapist's office, and she says, "Did you make it?" And I said, "No." I said, "You know," I said, "I had something come up, and I couldn't make it. And something I just I had like something during lunch I had to do, and I just couldn't make the essay meeting." And uh, and so she kind of much like she laughed, and she said, "Well, you know, why don't you, why don't you just give it a shot?" I was like, "All right." So I, I actually so I went to the six thirty morning meeting. I got there at six fifteen. And uh, uh, I, I'd driven by it a couple of times to make sure, you know, like a few weeks in advance. I didn't want to go in or anything because, you don't, you just don't do that. And uh, so I just drove by the place a few times. And then finally, 6.15 in the morning, I went. And um, uh, much like I'm sure a lot of us, I, I had expecting, I was expecting people in trench coats and guys were going <laughs> to touch me and things like that. And because that's, that's what you watch on the news and that's what's going to happen. And so I went in. And had a complete different experience, and uh, um, and it was nothing like I'd 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 I'd, I'd experienced before or since. And uh, and and one of it, one of the things that I won't forget is the laughter that I, that that I experienced in the rooms. Um, and we, uh, <clears throat> you know, I experienced it when when Brad was sharing his 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 talk today, um, and uh, uh, and others because that's one of the things that that's continued to bring me back is laughter. Um, and uh, and I've, I've someone shared with me a, a few years ago that laughter is a byproduct of, of recovery, and that's been my experience. You know, <clears throat> I try not to, to laugh past the recovery or past the pain or anything like that. But I think it's crucial for me not to take myself so seriously. And so, with that, with that being said, <clears throat> I, I called my sponsor yesterday, and I said, "Man, I said, I, you know," um, uh, uh, and I've, I've shared my story a number of different times. And uh, in, in, in different scenarios, and I remember one time I called him and I said, I said, you know, I said, I've, I've shared my story so many times with this one group. They're tired of hearing it. They're going to throw me out. Or they're just, you know, they're going to fall asleep. They're going to do whatever. And I said, I have no idea what the hell to talk about. I said, I've shared my story a thousand times. And so he said, why don't you, <laughs> he said, why don't you share with them how great, how awesome of a sponsor you have? And I said, okay. I said, I'll do that. So if you guys, if I get to a point and I kind of blank out, I don't know what else to talk about, we'll talk about how awesome my sponsor is. So we'll get to that, I'm, I'm sure. Um, so the, the, the other part is, uh, is that when, when I called him and I said, uh, I said man, I, said, I, I have a feeling I'm going to screw this up. And he said, yeah. He said, you probably don't want to go. Uh, you said, you might as well just probably not go. And so, uh, <laughs> so I was like, all right, okay. And, and that just kind of breaks the... It just breaks the trance, you know, because, I mean, otherwise I get into my I just start believing the stuff that's going on in my brain. And uh, and so that's one of the one of the things that my sponsors kind of helped me with. Um, so so I made it to, to essay um, and uh, and uh, my, my forms of acting out have uh, includes cross dressing. It includes uh, um, um, stealing women's shoes, shoe fetishes, wearing clothes, um, uh, exhibitionist behaviors, uh, acting out at work, um, chronic masturbation, um, and a whole different other. I'm sure I'm I'm, I'm probably forgetting something, but uh, <clears throat> so I so I, I remember one of the things that I, I um, before, before I got married, um, I was I was master. I was I was living at home. Um, and I was 24, and I heard someone share if you're uh, if you're living at home, 
um, and uh, and you're of certain age, you're homeless. And I was thinking, God, that's kind of harsh. But uh, the reality was, I, my, my life wasn't really progressing, you know. And I say that because I was 24. I remember being in the basement of my of my parents' house, wearing women's clothes, thinking this is the best that my life's got. This is this. I got. I'm going nowhere else but here. You know, this is all I got. And and the other the other troubling thing about that was that this is another line that I crossed, and yet this is another thing I'm not going to be able to tell anybody. You know, I I, I won't be able to. I'm, I refuse. You know, and uh, and so one of my, uh, well. Anyway, so so I'm sitting there and I have all my all my porn out again, and, uh, and I play guitar as well, and and so I had all the porn stuff everywhere, and I had cross dressing material out and all this stuff. And my parents were upstairs, and and I remember uh, I remember my wife, my uh, now ex wife, came in, and she she came in, and I was, and I remember some people saying, I'm not a sexaholic, I just have bad timing. And that's been, and that was part of it was because she came home early and she wasn't supposed to come home early. So thus bad timing. And so she came home and I'm in all my glory. You know, I got porn everywhere and I got, you know, pants are down everything. And so she's going, what are are you doing? And the first thing that came to mind was, oh, my my guitar fell on the floor. So I have to to pick my guitar up and get it up out of the floor, excluding the fact that I have no clothes on. And I got porn everywhere. And she's like, what are you doing? And, and, and Brad, Brad had talked about a little bit of, I, I, I ran out of excuses. I mean, there was no, I mean, I couldn't say, there was nothing I could say. You know, I mean, I, I, I've told her a thousand times I was going to stop. I've thrown porn away in the trash and I've gone through the trash. Um, and again, I've, I've said this is it. I'm done. I'm over it. Don't worry about it. Um, and and I, I, I continued to go through it. And so I just I had nothing left in that tank. <clears throat> and the more, the more crazier part of that story is not the fact that I said, hey, I'm picking up my guitars. That six months later, we actually got married. <laughs> and so, so that was a whole different other bag. And so we, got, <clears throat> so, so we got married about six months after that. And, uh, and, and so I started, um, I, I continued into the, in, into the, into the addiction and uh, um, I remember a number of times. I mean, I, I, I had family members that that had asked that would come to me and ask me about, you know, about stopping um, two things. And, and I, I remember calling it. <laughs> and this this was five years sober. It took me five years because I, I, I used to go to adult bookstores during lunch. This is one of the reasons I go to the, to, to the lunch bunch group. I used to go and get alcohol during lunch, go to visit a prostitute and or a bookstore during lunch. And get the pornography for the night, and then go back to work, and then I would go home, get drunk, and then I would masturbate, and I would ha- I would be drunk, masturbate, and then my wife would come home, and then we'd I'd get up in the morning, we'd do the whole dance again, and so that was a norm for me. So, so during lunch, <clears throat> I would go to this adult bookstore, and uh, um, and and I would I would talk to these women, and I would have a lap dance, and then it took me five years in sobriety for my sponsors to say, you know, those women are actually called prostitutes, you know? And I was like, oh, no, 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 that, you know, that's, that, again, five years into this pro, that's something that you guys do. You know, I, I just masturbate, I just masturbate in public and, I, and with shoes and everything. I don't, I don't go to the prostitute thing. And I did. And one, one of the other things that, that just reminded me of it was I remember, again, being at my parents' house and I was about 24 23 and I, and I do this thing I I call um <clears throat> um prostitutes and I would uh I don't know I don't know you guys but sometimes I just calling them would get would get enough of a charge and just hearing you know the the the, the voice or whatever <clears throat> and so I did that and uh and so I I would do that a couple of times and then one time I did it and uh and I hung up and during and during dinner, I was with my mom, my mom and my dad were sitting there at dinner, and one of the pimps called my house, and called back and said, "Hey, did you want to meet with one of my girls?" And I'm thinking, oh, "I'm sorry, you got the wrong number." And my mom's like, "I, I mean, asking my dad, hey, you want more chicken? You know, hey, pass the milk." And I'm talking to a pimp on the phone, and this isn't when we got this is you know landlines, and I'm like, you know, from right right here to Rob is where my dad's at. My mom's like right here. And I said, oh, you got the wrong number. I hung up. And I just rem- that, and that didn't happen just one time. That happened multiple times. It was a routine. 
And that became, that was a natural process. I thought, I felt. It was a, excuse me, it was a natural thing. You know, it was a way of life. <clears throat> so, uh, so I came into essay and, uh, um, and I, I was, I was at, again, the 6.30 morning meeting and, uh, um, everybody was talking about a sponsor. Everybody was saying, man, my sponsor said this, my sponsor suggested I do that. And, uh, and man, I can't believe my sponsor told me to do this. I did it. And it, was, it was great. Or man, I did. I can't believe it. And I was like, I don't even know what the hell the sponsor thing's about. <clears throat> I'd, I had not done 12 step recovery before. And uh, but they just kept on talking about it, and talking about it. <clears throat> and so finally, I remember going up to a guy and, uh, and I, I, I've shown this before. But I've gone. He, he raised his hand at the end of the meeting. You know, Do you have anybody that's willing to be a sponsor? Please raise your hand. And he raised his hand and kind of grudgingly, it seemed. And, <clears throat> and so I went up to him. and I said, hey, would you mind? He said, yeah, sure. Here's my number. Call me. And so he, he went out of town for like two weeks. <clears throat> and uh, and you, you don't want to call somebody right away. Because you you know you just you don't you don't want to bug them and so uh, so I called it took me like three weeks for me to call him but by the third week I'd forgotten the guy's name and so I called him and so I called him by by his by Clarence I don't know if you guys remember Clarence from Six Remote but I, I I said hey is is Clarence there and he's and uh, and and he said you know he said no he said I don't have Clarence's telephone number. And so then at that point, my, you know, I've already, I've already screwed up this sponsorship thing. I've already screwed it up. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <clears throat> and, uh, and so I, I said, look, man, I said, you raised your hand um, at a meeting, and I asked you to be a sponsor, and would you still be willing to be a sponsor? And he said, yeah. So once we got all the name stuff figured out, um, and, uh, <clears throat> and, and then he he then he he said, well, you know what what brought you to SA and uh, and so I said well you know I I, I masturbate and uh, and I look at women's shoes and, and he said well what what brought you to SA and I said well I masturbate and I look at women's shoes and he said no he said what is it that brought you to SA and he said he said I need to know explicitly what brought you to SA and uh, and so we went through we I I did as, as much dancing as I could through that and I finally came out and shared. You know what? What I what I previously shared, and uh, and and it's been like that. Um, and and the 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 explicitness has has yet to has yet to stop. Um, so so I I I asked him to be my sponsor, and he said, "Call me every day." And I said, "All right." And so uh, so I called him. So I started calling him every. Actually, that's a lie. The fir- the first first couple of weeks, I called him like maybe once or twice. And then he called me because he was out of town. And I remember he called me just to ask me some question. And, he, and I mentioned something about being afraid to call him on the weekend or something like that. And I was, I was afraid that, hey, I'm going to bug you on the weekend or, you know, I'm going to bother you. <clears throat> and, uh, and I remember he, he didn't say this, but I remember hearing this at a meeting that he said, don't, don't, um, uh, don't deprive your sponsor the opportunity to work their, for them to work their program. And, uh, and that, that's been my experience with him. And, uh, and because of there, a lot of times, still not, I mean, I, I've had the same sponsor for 11 years. And that thought still comes, I'm going to bug him. You know? uh, but I, I say that, man, I'm, I'm worried about bugging him. But for the first five years, this is no joke. And it took me six years to figure this out. But the first five years, when I got in the routine of calling him every day, I called him at 5 o'clock every day. <clears throat> and at 5 o'clock every day, he was at, he was at dinner. Every day it was a dinner, and, and his wife Nancy would pick up the phone. Hey, we're at dinner. He'll call you back. I said, oh, okay, 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 okay. And then, uh, and then I'd call him back like an hour later. <clears throat> so I was so obsessed about worrying about. Oh my God, I'm going to call him, bother him. But I called him for like three or four years straight during. I mean, during dinner, and uh, and it just so so like last night when I called him, it hit me. Why don't you ask him if he's during dinner? You know, and just ask him a question so it's it's just very bizarre to get oh my god i'm gonna buy it's just anything that's gonna keep me from calling or reaching out to you it it, it just uses anything and everything you know um <clears throat> and so uh so he asked me to do a first step and uh and i i so i gave him the first the my first step i gave was a very edited version and uh, it was a very watered down again it was i masturbate and uh um, you know, I, I, I kind of do some stuff on the side. And, and so then finally, um, there, there was, there were some key points. I'm, I'm not going to share it here, but, 
Um, if, if you guys need, I can, you know, I, I can share it later on. But um, there, there were there were just some key things like like cross dressing in the basement or something like that that I was just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share. And so it was a it was a late Friday night. It was like twelve or it was like twelve or one o'clock on a Friday night, <clears throat> Saturday morning. And I said, I, and it was killing me. So I was like, I'll just write the, the stuff down. I'll just write. It. I won't share it with them. I'll just write it down. And so, uh, so I just thought, so I fine. So I just wrote it down, and then something just broke, and I just I couldn't stop crying, and uh, just waves of suicide and or just just shame and pain and everything just came and hit me all at once. So I, I remember calling him on Saturday morning at like six forty-five, seven o'clock, and I was crying, and he kind of giggled and laughed in his own, you know, um, New York kind of way and said, uh, said, it sounds like you hit a point of hopelessness. And, uh, and so we went on and we talked about what the heck that meant. And, uh, and, and now I understand that the, when I, when I started going through my second and third step, what that meant, um, the gift of desperation. And so I remember sharing my, my first step <clears throat> and, uh, and after, after giving my, my first step away, um, that that helped me lean into the second step of being loved uh, by by another group uh, or just by 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 other people and in turn helped me love myself <clears throat> and and the the other piece was that one of the things that sponsoring other people and being sponsored one of the things that's helped me and Dave H talked about this about the fellowship and the program and the different you know the different aspects of recovery and and being able to experience the differences between the actual fellowship and the difference between the actual program of Sexaholics Anonymous and that they're two totally different things. You know, I mean, we can use them in tandem, but there are a lot of guys, at least that I've sponsored that I, and I, I fall into the, I fall into the trap as well of using it just as a fellowship. And I forget that there's steps applied to this program. And, uh, and I'll, I'll jump into that in a second. And so, so one of the things that it helped me was that I, and I told you guys before, I was, I was worried about, you know, bothering my sponsor and, and, uh, and, and he said, uh, I remember telling him, I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm worried that I'm not doing this right or, or that I'm going to call and do this and you're going to get upset and I do that and this and that. And he said, you know, Ryan, he said, he said, you're, he said, you're a super nice guy. He said, you have a great sense of humor. I mean, he might've said that. I don't know. I think I made that up, but he said, he said, uh, he said, but he, you know, before and after you call, I don't think I don't think about you. You know, yeah. he said I really don't think that much about you before and after you call. You know, so I mean, you need to let yourself off the hook. And uh, and so that that was one thing. The other thing was that I would I was normally calling about some of the shame stuff because I was going through a divorce because I'd gotten sober about six months into the program, <clears throat> and uh, and and I took I took my wife my then wife to. Uh, the out of, out of the darkness in 2004 or five, and uh, she had never been to any sort of SA fellowship, nothing, not even been to a meeting, not even been to an SNR, nothing, or therapy or anything. And so she goes to this to this out of the darkness conference, and I mean, a lot of us have been in the rooms a lot, and we talk about masturbating, but we talk about you know prostitutes, we talk about, I mean, a lot of explicit stuff, and for somebody that I, I tend to take it for granted at times and uh, and so when people come in and they're not used to this kind of language it can be very overwhelming <clears throat> and so when she got and started experiencing that by like lunchtime she said I gotta go we're going home and so I said okay so we went home and she slept, so she slept for like two days <laughs> and then she and then and then I, I I talked to her well we need to you know we need to start doing couples therapy and stuff like this and we need to start doing that and I was I was trying you know I was trying to control the situation and get this and do that and this and that and she said yeah I'll do that <clears throat> and then about like for like the sixth month fourth I don't know for the fifth month I was sober um, she said uh, we were talking about acting out in my story. And I said, you know, I said, regardless of whatever meeting I go to or therapy I go to, I'm going to be a sexaholic after or before or whatever. It, that's just, it's going to be like that the next day. And she go, and she said, yeah, she said, and that's not what I signed up for when I married you. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm asking for a divorce. So it was like five or six months into it. <clears throat> so when they say, hey, you know, you don't have to masturbate even if your ass falls off. 
And there's another part to that that says even if your ass does fall off, you can pick it up and take it to a meeting. <laughs> and so that's that's the part that I didn't learn until like six or seven years later that you can take your ass to the meeting because it, because it did fall off. And and you know and it's fell it's fallen off a number of times during recovery um, in sobriety. Um, and and you guys have said we'll just bring it to the meeting, you know. Um, and so I did that. And so when I was going through the divorce, I had a lot of shame about, oh, my God, this is, you know, I'm not, I, I, I failed at marriage. I failed at the family life, the white picket fence and all this other stuff. I remember my sponsor saying, you know, this whole shame stuff that you're carrying, he said, uh, he said, why, why don't you leave that up to me? He said, uh, he said, he said, I don't want to hear you shame yourself. Um, <clears throat> for the rest of the day or for the rest of the month or whatever. He said, if anybody's going to shame me, he said, let me do it. He said, he said, let's just say that's my job. Okay? You let yourself off the hook. And I said, all right. And, uh, and I mean, he's, he's busted my, my butt from time to time. But I don't, I, as far as I can remember, has he ever shamed me and said, hey, you're a piece of, you're a piece of crap. You know? And so, uh, so, <clears throat> I come in here, I did my first step, did my second step, and he asked me, he said, are you, are you willing to turn your will, and your will and your life over to the care of God? And I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. And he said, uh, he said okay, are, are, you, are, you, uh, are you willing to let him to build with you and to do with you as he will? And I said, to build, yeah, to do, no. No, I'm not going to, I can't. I, I, I tied in with the God thing that there was, um, that God was going to either molest me or ask me to molest somebody else. I, don't ask me where I got that from. I don't know where. It just got attached somewhere in life. And so, <clears throat> so my first, so when he said, hey, you know, to do with you and the bill, I was like, no, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm not buying that one. And he said, all right, well, what about good orderly direction? <clears throat> and it seemed simple enough because you guys said, go to meetings and go home. Don't masturbate and breathe. Get your two points, and it's going to be all right. And that formula seems to, seemed to, it seemed to be working. So the whole good orderly direction thing just seemed, okay, well, I, I can do that. You know, so the whole spiritual thing, I, I, have no, I have no idea what the heck that looks like, tastes like, feels, I don't know. But I'm willing to do X, Y, and Z, okay? And so he said, great, I'll meet you there. So we met, we met at that spot. And so then we did a fourth step, <clears throat> and then uh, uh, and then we start. I started doing a fourth step, and then I went to the five o'clock meeting. I was about five, I was about halfway through my my fourth step, and he said, uh, and everybody's talking about, oh, I'm in this fourth step. I'm gonna be. You're, I was levitating after I did my fifth step, and everything was great. And it was beautiful, and you know the white light hit me, and I've never sinned ever again, and all this other just all this stuff. And I can guarantee that's probably not what they, they probably didn't even say anything close to that, but that's what I heard. And so I, I called my sponsor and I said, man, I said, I ain't got a white light. I ain't got um, this levitation thing that they're talking about. I ain't got nothing, you know? And, uh, and he said, uh, and he said, well, first he said, no one has told you that that's supposed to happen. He says, the second, he said, you're not even done with it yet. He said, complete your fourth step. And then read in the back of the book the spirituality, the, 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 the appendix in the back of the book. I said, okay. So, so after he, he taught me off that ledge, I finished up with a, with the, uh, with a fourth and fifth step. And, uh, and then he started to ask me to start sponsoring guys. And that was scary. I was about six or seven months sober when he, started, when he asked me to start sponsoring guys. I remember the first, one of the first phone calls I got from somebody in the program. And... Uh, and it wasn't anybody that I sponsored. <clears throat> and, and he said, uh, I remember he, some guy just called me. And it, it was a guy that was in my, the, he was in my newcomers meeting. And, uh, and he called me about something about his wife or something like that. And uh, I remember calling my sponsor after. I was like, man, I don't know. I, I mean, the, I probably, the guy's probably going to get drunk. You know I mean? He's, if not, he's going to die because I gave him the wrong information. And because uh, and, I'm pretty sure I did it wrong. <clears throat> and he said, uh, he said, are you sober? And I said, yes. And he said, then you did it right. And so then he said, click. And he hung up the phone. <clat> and uh, and that, that's been my approach in a little roundabout kind of way to sponsorship. Um, and so I started going into the, my sixth and seventh step. And, uh, and, and my sixth and seventh step is, is, 
it's continually, uh, uh, it's, it, it's always evolving, my sixth and seventh step. Um, one of the things that, that, that I, I've held on to for the last, this last maybe four years of my recovery is that, because I, I always thought that sobriety and recovery is a destination that I have to achieve or get to. You know, sobriety is something, I, if I finally get to that fourth step, if I finally get to that whatever, or if I finally achieve that meditational feeling, you know, it'll be okay. And, uh, and, and it's been my experience that it's not, a, it's not, the, it's not the destination, um, but the key to it is my participation. And so sobriety is something I participate in, and it's not a destination. Um, so that, that's something that's helped me in my sixth and seventh step because what the sixth and seventh step has shown me is that it's not, it's not where I become perfect and it's not where I become all enlightened, but it's where I become or I accept my uh, imperfections. It's where I come into acceptance and oneness or whatever the heck you want to call it um, with my brokenness. Uh, and, uh, and so that's what my sixth and seventh helps me do because then what happens is that once I'm able to experience that, then I can ask God to remove it. And then I can move into taking certain actions. <clears throat> and, uh, and what that looks like today is, uh, as I, I told you guys, I, I called my sponsor. I said, hey, I think I'm going to screw this up. And he said, okay, so for, uh, for, the next, for however long, he said, I want you to every day, he said, I want you to text me three things, three positive things that that you're doing that day. And he said, I don't care if it's brushing your teeth. Text me, say, hey, I'm, I'm doing this positive thing. Because I don't know about you guys, but I have this, this, you know, the whole glasses on backwards thing. So whatever I focus on, if I focus on the negative, things are negative. If I, th- if I focus on the positive, everything's positive. And so I, so I texted him. I, don't know, I got here whenever I got here today. And, uh, and I thought, well, you know, I'll just text him that I made it to the conference on time. And I made it here okay. <clears throat> and so I texted him that, and he put like a little party sign and a smiley face to congratulations. <laughs> and so apparently I'm doing okay. <clears throat> and so, so I say that to say is that I, and the, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys in this fellowship that know a lot more about, you know, uh, the, uh, about the literature and things of that nature. But <clears throat> my, my experience with sponsorship is that you can't screw it up. You can't screw it up. Um, and I, I remember uh, reading something about Bill, about Bill W. Um, and being sponsored by, and this, this, is what my, this is what my sponsor told me, so if he's wrong, we can blame him. Uh, <clears throat> but during, during his uh, recovery, he at one point was being sponsored by a priest, who's obviously not an AA, right? Which I thought was blasphemy. You know, you have, I mean, it's, it's got to be in a box in a bow. It's got to be a guy from SA, and everything's got to line up. <clears throat> and a number of times, my, my sponsor, it reminds me is that there's, there, there's, no, there's no way you can screw this up. And that, that lets me off the hook in that it reminds me that <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm, I'm another sexaholic talking to another sexaholic. I'm, I'm not a marriage counselor. Um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a suicide counselor guy. Um, <clears throat> I'm not a lawyer. Um, I, I, I was sponsoring sponsoring a guy in Oklahoma, and he called me once and he said, <clears throat> and his acting out took him to um, uh, illegal behaviors. And he called me one night, and I was on a date, and he said, uh, he said the cops are my are at my house. What do I do? And I said, I don't know. I said, maybe go home. And, and if you think about it, it might be nice. Maybe you might need to call a lawyer. I said, other than that, I don't know. And I called somebody after that, and I said, and I felt powerless. And I felt inadequate. <clears throat> and, and I said, and so I called somebody. I said, this is what I'm feeling. Um, and uh, and I, 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 I felt like I just, I wanted to go and say, and just keep the guy, save the guy from that experience. And that wasn't my job. My job was to a listen to what he was he was sharing, and the only experience I had was to go home and to call a lawyer. And he did that, and everything everything worked out as it as it needed to work out. 
<clears throat> but it also reminded me of my of my singular purpose and to know my limits. And and one of the tough things that it's that's that for me to say is that hey, I don't know. Or why don't you try calling somebody else? Because I want to have the answer. Because essentially, A, it feeds my ego. And I, I don't mean that as a shaming part of myself, but I get validation that if I can help you, I'll be okay. You know, because then you'll love me or I'll love you and we'll all, everybody will be safe. And the truth of the matter is, is that, that, that again, that's not my job. <clears throat> my, my job is to love you by sharing my experience, my hope, and what's, and what's worked for me. And to be able to say, hey, you know what, I haven't walked through that yet. Why don't you call somebody else? Um, <clears throat> and so, so I, I, I started, I'll get, I'll get back to the stuff. So I, I did my eighth and ninth step, and uh, I'm kind of going all over the place, but I think we got, oh, what time did we get out of here? Um, 145? Oh, shoot, yeah. Okay, so we got time. All right, so... Um, so, so we get to my eighth and ninth step. So I, so I, I, I write everything out, and uh, and I've uh, I, I made a, I made an amends to my parents. And uh, one, one of the things I, I, I share with my, my dad, I remember I, I remember looking up um, fetish videos on my dad's computer. My dad worked for a uh, for a German IT company, and uh, I remember working or and so he was working from home, and so the only internet connection at that point was in his office so where do you go to get porn you go to his office and so i started looking up transvestite videos and high heel videos and everything on his work computer <clears throat> and so i remember him coming to me and saying <clears throat> um in a very loving way and he said uh, he actually he said he said i don't understand this fetish stuff um um it was a God. It was a very loving experience. He said, "I don't understand this fetish stuff," but he said, "I'll help you." He said, "I'll do anything in the world to help you," um, but he said, "I don't understand it." Um, but I'll help you. And uh, I remember saying, "No, not that I got it. I got it, man. Don't worry about it." And uh, and it took me four more years to get that essay. After that, and. Uh, <clears throat> And so then, so today, uh, so, we, so we have we have a unique experience. It's not it's not the most beautiful experience, father son relationship. We just have a relationship. You know, sometimes it's awesome to be around him. Sometimes I want to punch him in the face, and I'm sure sometimes he wants to do the same to me. You know, um, but we have a relationship, which is very bizarre, and that's one of the things that that a sponsor sponsee relationship has done for me, because I believe the first relationship honest relationship that I truly develop is with my sponsor. He's one of the first people that I'm actually truly rigorously honest with. And so he's, that's my first experience with a genuine relationship. And so, because then I can learn to be honest with him and then I can learn to be honest with the group and learn to be honest a little bit with certain sections within essay. And then I can I can see okay who it can my circle can kind of widen who outside of SA is safe, you know not everybody outside in SA is going to hear my story, you know but that's okay so it all started for me with my sponsor and with a with a few key people in SA, <clears throat> and so so I did my eighth and ninth so I did that I I, I you know uh, made amends to my dad I made amends to my mom, to. Um, I paid off um, a video store that I'd stolen um, um, videos from, and uh, <clears throat> and I remember uh, I made I made an amends to my sister, and uh, and and all of that has helped me to uh, to continue the process today. I have a five year old that I am powerless over, and the other day we were trying to get her to get to get her teeth brushed and get her dressed and go into go into school and she was having none of it she was doing what i what i do a lot there and it's a because we got time there, there was a moment where i was trying was trying to get her dressed and she she laid flat on the ground and we we're just like babe you know it's like 7 3 we got to get you to school like by seven forty five. you know we're kind of running late so i just laid on the ground just all out she goes 
And so we said, babe, we need to get you from here to your room to go get you dressed. She goes, oh, my God, I'm too tired to walk to my room. And I said, babe, I said, it's right there. She goes, yeah, I know, but I got to walk from here to there. And I'm like, oh, God, you're crazy. This is this is insane. And I thought about it that I mean, I could. I, I still relate to, I don't want to walk five more feet, man. I don't want to do it. Um, but anyway, so to go back to making amends, uh, this past, this week, um, she, my, 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 my wife was trying to get her to do something, and so she ran off, stomped off, and said something. She's five, going up 15, and, uh, and she, she, she walked upstairs, and so she was, she was screaming as she was walking, stomping, and so I, I decided to... Uh, to try to put out a fire with, with, with gasoline. And so I went in, and, uh, and I was pissed off already. And so then I threw something down, and I yelled at her. <clears throat> I turned to her, and I said, you know what? And I, and I stopped, and I said, you know, I said, that's unacceptable behavior for me. I said, I want to apologize for acting that way. I said, because that's just unacceptable. I said, I'm, I'm sorry, babe. And, uh, and, she, and she said, you know, you're right. She said, that is unacceptable behavior. And, and I didn't have to kill her. I didn't have to correct her. I didn't have to do anything about the situation. You know, I just walked with my hands open and let it be that. And then I called my sponsor later on because I still had baggage with it. And he said, uh, and he, he reminded me of, uh, of the... Of me, the, of the the gift that I gave her, which was showing her and myself that this is what we do when we when we take wrong action or when we need to make amends. So I'm showing her that if you goof up, there's ways there's ways to to work with it. You know, just because you goof up doesn't mean that I'm backed in a corner and that there's no there's no way out. So I'm I'm giving her the gift of hey, you know, I goofed up. This is what I can do with it. Um, the, the, the other piece that, that, that I remember um, about a year ago, I got, I got, we got a flat tire over a friend's house, and uh, <clears throat> and I could not get for the life, and could not figure out how to get the jack down from the car, and we, we had to call AAA, and I was feeling shame because I, I have shame because I can't rebuild my whole car, and uh, and so I was calling somebody in the fellowship. I was like, man, I said, you know, my, my daughter was there and she saw the, the, inept, the, the ineptitude of her, of her own father, you know. And uh, I, I put a lot of power in that whole, the whole father thing with my daughter, as you can see. And he, said, uh, and he said, you know, he said the gift that you gave her was that you showed her that it's okay to ask for help at such a young age, you know. This, 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 is, this is what you gave. And so again, this is this is what I get when I'm practicing the tenth step. <clears throat> and so my tenth step is again is ongoing. And so now with my eleventh step, what that looks like today is uh, <clears throat> um, again is is constantly changing. And my I, I, I called my sponsor about a year ago because um, I, I was I was struggling with a lot of panic attacks. I changed medication, went got outside help. And uh, and when I when I did that, he 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 suggested he said, why don't you start doing meditation again? And uh, and so I said, all right, cool. So I started doing that. I said, all right, cool, because I'd fought it for like I don't know, I count how many years. I mean, I'm I'm 11 years sober, and so I I stopped doing it. I that lasted for about two or three years of not doing prayer meditation. I I got uncomfortable enough to where I started back doing it again. And so then about six months ago or four months ago. I called him about something else, and and he said, "Well, why don't you try this, this this one book on meditation?" Um, he said, "It's helped me a lot." He said, "Why don't you try it?" He said, "Because you keep on bumping into this one thing," and I said, "Yeah, sure." I said, "Okay, all right, I'll try it." And immediately, I got off the phone because I was pissed because I already bought the book, I already had the book. I started reading the book like last year, <clears throat> but. Um, I remember somebody in the in the fellowship said once because I because I, I was reading the book and it was a great book it was real helpful so I decided to stop reading it <clears throat> and so that so that was that's what I got pissed about because I was like you know I I you know it was working so well so so now I'm back reading the book <clears throat> and it is helpful um, and it's just again it, it is the act the, the the surrender is in the action 
Um, and uh, and this is I'll, I'll try to try to um, bring it back to, to the sponsorship is that one of the things that my sponsor has reminded me of is how I practice the second and third step is when I make a phone call it can be something as simple as making a phone call when I when I take that action of taking a phone call or making making a phone call that is telling myself my illness and the person that I'm talking to I cannot do this by myself and that I need your help. And that is an act of surrender. <clears throat> and it's all just, it's all when me just dialing somebody else's phone number. And it's not, because I thought, I don't know about you guys, but it has to be something monumental. has to be some sort of ceremony that has to take place when I surrender something. And it's just something as easy as me making a phone call to another sexaholic. <clears throat> and, uh, and so with that uh, is how I practice, one of the ways I practice surrender, uh, by just making the simple phone call. Um, and with uh, how I sponsor today, I mean, it, it, it varies. Uh, I'll share one experience. There's, there's a guy I've been sponsoring. I mean, I, I've, I, I sponsor about seven guys right now. Um, and it ranges from to I've, I'm sponsoring maybe two newcomers. One guy has seven years of sobriety. Another guy has like 20 plus years of sobriety. So it goes from one extreme to the other. And, uh, and so there's one guy that's been in the program for, for a while. Um, and, uh, and so, but he, he's been calling me and he's, he's a super nice guy. He's a sweetheart of a guy. He's got a great sense of humor. Um, he plays music. He reminds me a lot of myself, just a personality wise, very laid back. And, uh, and so he called me, he, and he had relapsed. And so he called me and left me a message and said, hey, I relapsed, <clears throat> um, and we probably need to go over it. And so I remember I called him back, maybe that day or the following day, and, and I got his voicemail. We played phone tag, and it went on for about a week and a half, and we never connected. And, uh, and so I, I've, I've noticed that he's kind of drifted uh, in and out, in and out. <clears throat> And so finally, he, he called me and said, hey, Mason, I'm going out of town. And so he said, man, but I'm, I've got fear. I've got anxiety. I've got this going on. I've got that going on. My wife is doing this. We're going out of town and doing that. <clears throat> and, uh, um, and, and so I have all of, this, all of this life stuff going on. And I found myself going, yeah, yeah, you're right. Here, let's talk about your wife stuff. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. And I got off the phone, and I was pissed. And I was angry at him. <clears throat> And what I was angry about was a I'm scared I'm scared for him because he relapsed and b we he, we've not talked about it at all and the other piece is that I'm scared to make and what my truth was was that I didn't I was afraid to bring up his relapse because I was afraid I was going to make him uncomfortable and I didn't want to make him uncomfortable because it might it might trigger shame it might trigger whatever so I started caretaking him <clears throat> and so. It hit me that I don't have that luxury. Um, I'm not, not 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 to be you know Billy badass. Hey, look at my recovery. It's just I don't have that luxury to say, here let me let me let me worry about your feelings and let me hug you. We'll hug it out. Um, and uh, and so what I called him, I called him back and I said, hey man, I said, do you have a second? Um, and uh, I said, look, I said I'm people pleasing you, um, and, and I'm not being honest with you. I said I'm worried about you. And that we've, uh, uh, we, I, I know you relapsed a while ago, and I said, we, have, we haven't really talked about it. Um, and uh, and, and I'm, I'm afraid that you and I are falling into the trap of using this as a fellowship and focusing on the fellowship and not focusing on the program because we haven't really gone through the steps and utilized the steps. And, and sometimes it's easy for me to um, become buddy-buddy with guys in the fellowship because you... you, you and for me, it's you hang around guys long enough, and sometimes it's really easy to just become, you know, friends, and let's just shoot the shit, and everything's great, and everything's, you know. And so then what happens, I start bullshitting people, for me, just talking about myself. Because then, you know, I come into the room and say, hey, Ryan, how you doing? Pff, great. Things are going well, you know. And I'll, I'll do that at the new, I'll do it to my home, my home group. People will come in. How you doing right there? Everything's going great. You know, they know my life is, you know, I mean, I've got a five year old and I work at a crazy place and I'm married 
10 to 1 things aren't going swimmingly not not that not that my not that my kid is is hell on wheels or that my wife is crazy or anything like that is just that as someone as uh, someone shared in another fellowship they said you know i mean how is your how is your marriage going and the guy said well as long as her denial holds everything's going all right <laughs> right and he said, and his point was that as long as i'm involved as long as i'm involved we're always all, we're all at risk you know, it's, I'm not shaming myself, but I'm just, you know, like going back to the idea that I'm in competition with my next door neighbor about his yard, which he has no clue about the competition. But I'm in competition with him <clears throat> and he has no idea. And I'm wired. I mean, I'm like, I want I'm just I want to just I'm go nuts on the guy. You know, I'm just I'm not wired like everybody else is. <clears throat> so what's crucial for me. Is to is to again bring it back to a step when I'm working with somebody um, and and asking trying to at least to be as honest as I can with a person that I'm in relationship with and I said a relationship with, meaning whomever I'm talking with that doesn't mean that you know if I come into it to to it to to the lunch bunch group and they say hey man how's your day going. It doesn't mean I go into, man, you know, I tried to get my daughter into work and into school and, you know, and she just fell to the ground, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I don't have to give my fourth step or first step away, but at least just being honest with somebody on the phone or, or with some, you know, with, with, with the group. <clears throat> because again, what happens is that when I'm talking with, with, with a guy that I was, I, I'm sponsoring, I said, look, I said, I'm people pleasing you. And I said, because I'm afraid I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable if we talk about your relapse. I said, that's what I'm afraid of. And, 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 and I need to know um, <clears throat> if you're willing to be a member of the program of Sexaholics Anonymous. And are you willing to participate in it? And if you are, how, how in any way is there, what can I do to help you? What, in what way can I help you? Um, because that, that, that's what I need. Um, and, uh, and so we, we talked about some basic stuff. Um, and he said he was willing and would just take it for the next 24 hours. Um, because, I mean, I've handled that in, different, in, in, in many different ways because, <clears throat> I mean, in the past, I've said, you know, um, if you relapse X amount of time, see you. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously what I'm trying to relate to you is not working. So you need to work with someone else because what I'm, so this time I just said, you know, why not? I'll just share my truth with him. And so <clears throat> we'll see where that goes. It's, it's, it's a new way of sponsoring somebody. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll see where this process takes, uh, with, with this one event. Um, so <clears throat> it, again, it, it reminds me that I, for, for my need to bring it back to, the program of Sexaholics Anonymous, because it, that's where, that's where, for me, again, bringing it, it to the, the fellowship and the program, and my sponsor helps bring both of them together for me, um, because my sponsor brings the fellowship, and he brings the steps to it, um, and uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other thing that I'm thinking about um, as far as sponsorship is concerned. And I think I'm. I think that's about it that I've got. There was something else that I was going to share, but I can't. It's it's leaving my brain for for the while. So uh, for the next ten ten twenty minutes or so, I'll just I'll open it up if you guys have any questions or any experience on sponsorship, or if there's anything that you guys think I missed or want to bring to the table, you can bring it up. So I'm just going to open it up now for questions or anything. Brad, um, sponsor guys, long term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They get done, they get whatever done or through or they work all twelve steps. Mm-hmm. What what happens then? I mean, what sponsorship look like for you? Yeah. At that point. That's a good question. Um, it, it 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 varies with with certain people. Um, I've I've uh, some guys we've gone back through the steps. Um, <clears throat> And I say that because, uh, um, like, I, like I mentioned before, I was about five years sober, and my, and my sponsor said, hey, you need to do another first step on lust. 
So we did another first step on lust. I'd already gone through the steps a number of times. So he said, why don't we just start back at step one? So we went back through. That's when he reminded me that, hey, when you go to adult bookstores and the women there, that you, those are prostitutes. So that's when I realized those are prostitutes. So <clears throat> sometimes we'll start from the very beginning. Um, and a lot of times uh, we might, uh, there are some guys that, as Dave H. had mentioned before, some guys like to do like yearly inventories. Um, and so you kind of go through that. Uh, there are some guys, uh, if, if I notice if they're, if they're bumping up against something um, and there it's, it's, it seems to be a, a continuous theme, then maybe I'll suggest either doing an inventory on it or <clears throat> um, seeing if, there's, if, if they need to do, go through outside help or something like that. So it, just, it, it really kind of depends on um, where that person's recovery is at, if that makes sense. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question because I heard, I've heard a lot of guys say, well, you need to find somebody that has what you want. And uh, when I first came in here, I had no idea what I want. I knew what I didn't want. Um, and, uh, and I, I, and I want to say there was a big bright light that shined on the guy when I got in. But the truth of the matter was I was reading this Middle Eastern philosophy book and it, had, it was talking about mantras. And this guy was talking, and the guy shared um, <clears throat> about uh, um, using prayer as a mantra. And so he used the word mantra, and I remember reading about mantras like, hey, this guy's going to be great. So that's why I went up after the meeting and I said, hey, would you sponsor me? So, I mean, it wasn't anything like, hey, this, this is going to be fantastic. It was just, I, I'd heard, I mean, it's, if, if I were to be honest, I heard the guy share a couple of times. And, yeah, he, he ended up having what I wanted. Um, by some strange coincidence, it ended up working. Um, the, the, my, my experience has been with sponsorship, as, as you had mentioned, that it, it is temporary. Even though I've had the same sponsor for the last 11 years, I only have this sponsor. I only have him for today. I might decide that he is crazy and I refuse to follow his direction. I might find another sponsor tomorrow. Or he might say, hey, Ryan, I think you're crazy and you need to find somebody else and I need to find that I'll find another sponsor tomorrow. So it's all temp for me. It's all just for the next 24 hours because one of the things that, that, that was shared, there's uh, I've talked with Gus in Nebraska a lot. Um, and one of the things that he helped me realize was, uh, was that sponsors much like, uh, well, sponsors are part of the path. They're on the path. They're not the path. But they're on the path with me, and so that kind of helps me. Kind of, it kind of gives me a little bit more breathing room as far as when I find a sponsor because I tend to put a lot of pressure on that one decision because I just I don't I don't like taking direction anyways, <clears throat> um, and, uh, and I just I <laughs> I've, I fight it, and so uh, so as lo- as long as I don't try to think about it too much and I just I, as my sponsor said I can I can I can change my mind at any time. So I hope that helps. Anything else? Yeah, I have a question. Yeah. I, hey. uh, I guess I'll lead up to just my personal situation. I uh, struggled for a long time to get any sobriety, and then finally had a nice six-month stretch that just ended a few weeks, a few days ago. I, I slipped. And uh, so I was... I had been, you know, offering to sponsor people, haven't sponsored anyone yet, and then I slipped and thought, well, you know, maybe I should kind of like reevaluate and just focus on me for now and not sponsor anyone right now. And I just was curious your thoughts or anyone else's really, just about, you know, the relation of slips and sponsoring people, you know, and that, you know, if you have a slip, if you should really just focus on yourself for a while or, or other factors or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. There was um, there there was a rash of, uh, I'll say rash, but there there was a number of guys with a long a lot of sobriety that relapsed this past year and the year before, and 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 one of the guys um, that relapsed, a, a lot of the guys that he was sponsoring continued to uh, be sponsored by him. Um, he he gave as far as I know he gave him the option that hey you know if you guys want. 
find out this point. He said, he said, I did have a relapse. And he was honest and said, I did have a relapse. Um, so if you want, you can find another sponsor. Some did, some didn't, some stayed. Um, my, it's been my experience, uh, and, and my sponsor has, has shared that, <clears throat> that if his sponsor relapsed, he would immediately find another sponsor. Um, and so, which leads me to say that if, if, I, if I relapse today, I would tell people, the guys that I sponsor, look, you need to find another guy. Um, just simply because I'm not, I'm not well enough to sponsor right now. Um, and then I would, at that point, continue to work with my sponsor and then kind of let him say, hey, yeah, you know, go, you, take, take that next step. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the other part is I don't, I mean, there's not a, <clears throat> again, there's not a right or wrong way. It's not etched in stone. Uh, my, my sponsor likes to, uh, to remind that, I mean, we're, we're all kind of trying to still figure this out. Essays is still a very, very young fellowship. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but from my experience, it has been that if, if, I do, if I do slip or have a relapse, that I, I'll notify the guys that I sponsor, and then I'll, just, I'll, fo- I'll, I'll follow my sponsor's direction and see what he suggests. So that's what I got. Hey, Rob. Um, one of the real benefits in the, my program in the past year or so is, is sponsoring other people. It's something that has really changed my program and talks about it a lot in the big book. And my sponsor likes to say things like, I, don't, I, I sponsor other sponsors. And um, my question for you is, what is your feeling on when sponsees are ready to be sponsors? Mm-hmm. When, at what point, at what step, or when, when are they ready? Yeah. Um, my, most most of the guys that I sponsor after they've completed the fourth step, um, then I, I normally have them start sponsoring people, um, <clears throat> simply because that's what my sponsor has suggested to me. Um, primarily because I didn't want to. Um, I'm a very isolationist, isolationist and perfectionist, and the 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 whole I have nothing to offer kind of mentality. Um, so he's he after after I completed my fourth and fifth step, he said, "All right, start sponsoring people." So now, when I sponsor guys after the, after they've done their fourth step, I'll normally suggest that they that that, that they start raising their hand at meetings. So, so we got about seven more minutes. I didn't think we were going to fill it up. Yeah, hey. Someone approaches you. Um, but it, it, it depends. I mean, it depends on how present I am. Most of the time, yeah. You know, I'll say, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sponsor. Um, uh, and and mo- mo- most of the time, I, I approach it as a temporary thing, anyways. Um, <clears throat> and uh, that 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 helps me uh, to not have expectations on the person uh, because sometimes I think, oh well, all right, then I'm going to suggest that they call me every day, and then I have an expectation that they should call me every day. And most of us, well, I don't call my sponsor every day, and and so I, again, I just I approach it as if I mean it's just a temporary thing for me. Um, if I if 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 I was uh, if I was present in the moment, that would be my thing. So, yeah. Brian hey, Brian. Um, any advice for the process of changing uh, sponsors? Because uh, my sponsor lost his sobriety. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, and um, I did um, kind of some soul searching and decided that I needed to reach out to a new sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I did. I reached out. I established that connection, but I feel like I'm in this weird place because I don't, I don't have a relationship where I had a. I I felt like I was known. I, my whole story was known by my previous sponsor, mm-hmm. and now I kind of feel like. I'm just starting my fourth step, and I'm like mm-hmm. calling a stranger, I'm getting to know, and so it puts a kind of a weird spin on the transition for me. Yeah, and I I just didn't know if you had any advice on how to dive into that when when it feels so it's a totally different relationship. You know? Yeah, it's it's um my my experience has been that it's it's uh as you said it's 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 uncomfortable because the person doesn't. 
essentially know my story. Um, and that's, that's how I approach most relationships in general. Um, and sometimes it, it's, it's even more so in here because, I, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the, this is a very unique situation where I'm, these people are one of the very few people that I'm actually this rigorously honest with. So doing that is going to feel uncomfortable. So I say that is that it, 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 it would be, I would be surprised if you walked into that situation and said, I feel great. I feel connected. I feel because you guys haven't established that yet. Um, <clears throat> if I mean, I, I've I've had the opportunity to have guys that have that, that have switched sponsors, and most of the guy, most of the time, um, that if if I take on a new sponsee that's been in the program a while, and I don't know him very well, I'll normally ask if he would give me his first step, um, because then at that point that's just kind of introducing him to me and me to him. And so then I, I kind of this that's kind of our our our, our foundation. So then that, that kind of gives me an idea of who and where he's at. So that kind of helps. That kind of help for me kind of breaks breaks through that that barrier of not being well known. So. Thanks, Ryan. No problem, guys.